Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! And we look forward to our reunion, a little fun here, a good hour of radio forthcoming with my old partner there. We used to love these Thursdays and Fridays before National Football League, uh, a season kicking off, and he says hello. Mr. Francesa, how are you today, pal? Okay. What's happening? <laughs> Why don't you tell them the story about Jimmy Buffett? I gave that story this week. <laughs> that is one of the. I tried to figure out what year it was. It was in the early '90s because you were uh, still working at CBS, if I'm not mistaken. Is that I correct? was. It was early '90s. I was still working at CBS, and uh, I'm sure Dog has told the story, but uh, I got tickets for us to go to the Jones Beach. I knew someone who, who worked there. So and I got him to take us backstage afterwards. Now I had I had to sit through a Jimmy Buffett concert. I had no interest, zero. Didn't want any part of it, but I did sit through it because I wanted to take Dog back afterwards through all those catacombs of boardwalks and everything on the water to meet Jimmy Buffett because they had set it up. So we go back there, and lo and behold, Jimmy Buffett is. My biggest fan. So oh, they, he, he loved yeah. you. He loved you. Loved you. Loved you. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to get him to talk to Doug, and all he wants to talk about is football and college football and college basketball. And uh, it was funny. It was very, very funny. But we did get to meet Jimmy Buffett, and I was shocked when I got that news. I didn't even know he was sick, as a matter of fact. No, no, no to anybody. I was shocked, too, Mike, 100%. Uh, I was shocked, indeed. All right, that's, I want to do a little potpourri here with you, then we'll get to the football. Yeah. Uh, do, you feel a little be- do you feel a little better about the Yankees with these two rookies and the fact they're playing better, or do you still think the Yankees are uh, poorly constructed? What's your take with them? Let listen, me hear. The, Yanks are, the Yanks are a mess, and if anybody lets the fact that they brought up a kid or – uh, have a couple of kids playing well now. Volpe, let's be honest, he, I think, is going to be a solid player. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star, but here's the thing about him. He never let those long slumps bother him this year. He played a great shortstop. He was always heads up. He played every day, and he battled through a lot of adversity. He looked awful sometimes for weeks at a time, but he never blinked, and he's going to wind up with a good year. Now, they're making too much out of the steals, but the bottom line is the guy's going to have 20 doubles, 20 homers. He needs to hit better for average. He needs to get on base more, but he will. I think he's going to be a solid player. I don't think he's going to be spectacular. Now, Dominguez sure looks the part. I I don't want to go crazy after five games. I don't want to hear about Mike Trout or Mickey Mantle, but let's be honest. He's gotten off to a good start. It has camouflaged a lot of Yankee wounds, a lot of Yankee mistakes, but let's be honest. The other kids have been awful. They haven't hit a lick. They have hit, they've done nothing. Uh, Volpe's been good or been pretty good lately, but like you said, he's had a tough year or an up and down year. But Dominguez has really come on and looks like the real deal. Now, let's see if he's as good as he's supposed to be. So far, so good, but it's only been a handful of games. Do you think the Yankees still have a chance to get the sixth spot? No, I don't at all. I, I really don't. I think they still have, they'll have too many nights where they don't hit at all. I think they still will. You know, one of the big things that's happened the last couple of weeks is LeMayu has gotten hot. Yeah, and play, Torres good point. has been yep. good. And Tor- Torres, you know what, he, he has big times at the plate, but he'll always screw up a game in the field and he'll, he'll, do, he'll pull a rock. He's, a, he's not the smartest player in the world, as we know, but he can hit. We know that. But really, LeMayu has been red hot of late. 
and he's been hitting the long ball, and that's helped a lot. Throw in Dominguez, throw in Volpe, and all of a sudden they got some guys who were hitting. They went through about a month and a half, but they were the worst offensive team in the world. I mean, they really were, but I don't think they have enough of everything, and when they start playing the Blue Jays, who they have six times, when they play the Red Sox, teams like that, I think they'll get beat. Uh, do you want, you want uh, Cashman and Boone back or not? I think it's time for a big change. Uh, I know you it's said not going to happen. Cashman. It's, it's not going to uh, happen. It's not, happen. You know. it's not happening at all. Uh, I don't know. I think Boone will be back. There's not even a question in the world that Cashman's back. It's, you might as well save your breath. It's not even an issue. The issue needs to be whether or not the Yankees are going to ever be financially aggressive again. That's really the question because they're not, despite the fact that they're drawing 42,000 people a game, which is just off the tick of the Dodgers, which is the major league lead, they are not financially aggressive anymore. I don't say they don't spend any money, but remember, they make a fortune, and they're not spending money like they used to spend money. They're not aggressive in their approach anymore, and it really shows. All right. Are the Braves by far the best team in the sport? By far. You know, before the season started, I picked the Braves over the Astros and I, I'll stay with that for the World Series. I thought the Braves were going to have a big year. I picked Olsen to win the MVP. He's not going to get there, but he's had a big year. Wow, that's uh, a good pick. That's Braves, a good pick. I think, good pick. I think the Braves are the best team by a lot. You are. Uh, are you I'll disapp- tell you those, dog, in a short series with their pitching, they can get beat, though. They I mean, can. their lineup is unbelievable, but their pitching is vulnerable right now. They can get beat in a short series. A lot of times the best team doesn't win. We know that. But they yep. are the best team. And Iglesias is not a great closer either, so I, I, right. I, complete, I, I completely agree. Uh, are you shocked about the Mets and what he did at the deadline with Scherzer and Verlander? I thought it was unbelievable what he did. I thought it was ridiculous. I really did. I, 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 I think the idea of spending all that money to chase a couple of prospects was insane. Uh, I know he wanted to unload his mistakes. I understand that. Um, he could have kept Verlander he needed to unload Scherzer for a lot of reasons. Plus, they didn't like each other, which we all know. But the bottom line is, uh, I don't think they got anything great back. It was very expensive. There's no question about it. They can afford it. We know that. But they are an utter mess. And I think they have big problems next year because they have no pitching. None. And I agree with you. I thought Scherzer I have no problem with. He was not a beloved Met anyway. But Verlander surprised me. Uh, I, I yeah, completely agree I, I with agree. that. I agree. Would, I would have kept Verlander. I think he's got enough pitching left in him. Yeah. Uh, do you think that – do you like the extra playoff teams in both in, – in the sport? I think it works, dog. When you have five teams in September tied for the last spot, that's all baseball could ever hope for. The idea is baseball can't give away – the entire month of September to the NFL. It can't do it. If it does it in too many cities, it's a disaster. This will keep people interested in a lot of cities. Some of these teams, a lot of these teams are fake teams. We know that. But it doesn't matter. If they're in a pennant race, they're going to sell tickets in September. I think it helps them a lot. All right. The geographics of the college football landscape. Big Ten with, uh, obviously, Oregon and Washington, USC, UCLA. Cal, Stanford go to the ACC. I mean, I understand it, but the geography is a complete disaster. What's your take on that with college football? I think, listen, I've been hearing about the Super 60 since the 70s, that there would be a Super 60. That's really what you have now. You really have finally got down to that, but they've done an impossible 
the way they've gone about it has made it impossible to have any sense geographically. It makes no sense the way these teams are stacked up. Absolutely none. I mean, how can you have teams from the West Coast in the ACC? I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. The idea of it is almost farcical. It really is. College sports is at a incredible turning point college football is incredibly successful right now it's the only growing sport on tv other than the nfl it's growing by leaps and bounds it's making a lot of money it's playoff does great the the basketball still has the tournament but the nil will utterly become a disaster for all the college sports because there's no way to control it absolutely no way to control it and watch the numbers rise they will rise dramatically for these players yeah, you're right about college, and you're right about the money. But the college football, you know, you're going to have 15, 20 teams that there will always be, you know, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the SEC, yep. you know, Oklahoma, Texas. You're going to always have those 20-some-odd teams that are going to be, um, you know, that are, that are going to be for, first and foremost. What's your take on how great uh, the joker is for the Nuggets after that performance in the NBA postseason? Let me hear you there. Um, I couldn't – I actually could not believe – and I admit, I never sat down and studied him a lot. I was shocked at how good he was. I really never knew. And I blame that on myself. I just never saw a lot of them through the years. I had no idea he was that good. No idea. He is unbelievably good. He's almost like a, a cross between Bill Walton and Larry Bird. I mean, he's an unbelievable player. And the thing about him is his passing is unreal i mean as good as he is offensively his passing is unbelievable i mean he is a great an all-time great player no nothing short of an all-time great player i i have lockery on here a lot and lockery thinks that the joker will be the greatest nba center of all time i'm not saying a hell of a lot with wilton that is russell taking and in a lot I, that is taken in a lot of ground uh, when you have Russell, Will Chamberlain, Kareem, and go from there, I mean, that is taking in a lot of ground. But I'll tell you something. This guy, I was stunned watching him every night in the playoffs and then in the finals. I was stunned at how good he is. And he's as good a passing big man who has ever lived. No question about it. 100%. Uh, do you like the idea with what Silva's trying to do with these playing tournaments? And, yeah, you know, they. No. You, you don't. Go ahead. No, Tell me about I, that. I think, it, I think it cheapens the sport. I think the one thing that I like, though, is putting a minimum on them playing games to get awards. That makes sense. The thing that has to change in the NBA is they cannot have guys sitting out whenever they want. They go into some of these cities one time. You cannot have the best players in the world, people you are marketing, sit out whenever they want and play in 50 games. It doesn't make any sense. And these teams are condoning this stuff. It's ridiculous. You know, guys in the old days, go back. I'm not going back to the days of Will Chamberlain. Go back to the days of Michael Jordan. They never stopped playing. They never took off games. You can't have guys playing 50 games in a season and have them take off every other night. I mean, it's ridiculous. It has completely destroyed the integrity of the NBA. A hundred percent. I don't. I uh, the load management drives you crazy. Uh, did you have any problem with Kepka making the Ryder Cup team? No, I, I really didn't. But I, I really think I had problems with 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 Thomas making the Ryder Cup team. I mean, it's not supposed to be. Now, listen, I think 
that he should be allowed to pick whatever he wants with the other six players after the six qualify. So that's fine. And he has really put his head in, in a noose as captain because of the fact that if guys like Thomas and Ricky Fowler don't play well, they're there because they're guys' friends, or Burns is there because he's Sheffield's best friend. This was all based on chemistry. It's not based on quality of play. I mean, based on play, guys like Keegan Bradley and Glover should have been on the team. They didn't get on the team. He went for chemistry. It better work. Yeah, it's a good point, 100%. McElroy, how many more majors, if at all, Will he win? I think he's really flawed because he drives the ball as well and as consistently as anybody we have almost ever seen. And he leaves himself great opportunities, and he completely throws them away right and left with his wedge. His putter is never dependable. His wedge is never dependable. He'll be 110 yards out. The guy he's playing against, down the stretch will be 170 yards out. That guy will make a bird, and he'll make a paw because he made a terrible wedge shot or a terrible putt. He is not consistent with the other clubs. I think he's really going to struggle down the stretch of his career. 100%. The wedge, of course, at the L.A. Open is a perfect example of that, when yep. he couldn't hit the damn... When and he, he that drives the ball... Uh, 375 yards, and it's ridiculous. time, right down in the middle. This guy has more good second shots than anybody who ever lived, and he doesn't do anything with them. Hundred uh, percent. The horse racing thing. Let's do a couple things on that. Uh, I did uh, not. I did not see it, but uh, I did hear a lot about it, and we talked a little bit about it. How about this horrific story in Saratoga with Parcells' uh, horse when he was almost? Was he at the finish line? Give me a little rundown on that. Feet. Well, that horse I knew since she was a baby. Now you're talking about Maple Leaf Mel, who had never had a horse in front of her in her entire career at any call. That's how quick she was and how good she was. She was about to win the grade one test. Um, she was 20 feet from the wire when she broke down. That horse was cared for by a woman who that was her first horse she ever had as a trainer. She worshiped the horse. She's a woman who has survived stage four ovarian cancer. She loves that horse. She used to sleep in the store with the horse. That horse was never given anything and was treated better than anybody could treat their children. But it broke down. I don't know why. No one knows why. Maybe uh, doesn't have the durability compared to the speed. And that was incredibly costly. 20 feet from the wire, $500,000 race. And he had offers of up to $5 million for that horse already. Uh, uh, as a broodmare, she was undefeated. She was only going to race a couple of more times, was my understanding. Now, New York Thunder had evidently had some injections, is my understanding now. I don't know if that was a cause or not. I was there that day. That was Travis Day. My horse, High Oak, ran in the forego, ran third. I was there. I was in the box on the finish line when that happened. And my son, Harrison, was with me. He wouldn't even watch the rest of the races that day. He wanted to go home. So many people paraded out of there. It was one of the hardest things. I watched the Mel race on TV. I was at the New York Thunder race on Travis Day, and it was one of the toughest things I ever saw in sports, to watch that horse in front running brilliantly and then just shatter its leg and try and run around on a leg that wasn't even there. It was one of the most gruesome things wow. I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm... Racing's got to figure this out. I don't know the cause, Doug. Maybe some of it's drugs. Maybe some of it's breeding. They've too inbred the horses to speed, and they don't have enough durability. I don't have the answer. I don't think anybody has the answer, but they have to do studies because racing cannot survive 
those kinds of summers. This summer was a disaster at Saratoga. Uh, did you speak to Parcells about this afterwards or not? Yes, yes. He's, his box is right behind mine. I, I, I've seen him. I saw him a couple of days after it happened. Um, it was heartbreaking. Everybody felt that way. It was one of the worst things that ever happened to an owner. He had a brilliant horse, a brilliant horse, a champion in every way, a great, a once-in-a-lifetime horse. And to see her go down that way, forget the money. He doesn't need the money. The, the bottom line was it was heartbreaking and heartbreaking for anybody who has any, so, any love of all of racing. So walking out of that track that day, that great old track, was one of the most depressing things you've ever been part of. Dog, I'll tell you this. There were 45, 50,000 people there that day. I bet you 20,000 left before the Travers. Wow. And the Travers was what? Two were, races? What, the Travers was two races? races? Okay. Like three, like three races later, and I, I, they were parading out of the track. Wow. I and mean, Harrison, and, and Harrison and wanted to go. Across, he said to me, Dad, I don't want to watch any more races. It was that bad. I mean, wow. it, was, it, was, it was one of the ugliest things I ever saw. Mike, I didn't think it was possible for me to, you know, almost get to dislike a team because I'm so tired of all the noise. The Jets, oh, my God, they're so noisy. I, they should be a lot better. Rodgers will have plenty left, and I love their defense. But the hard knocks and, you know, D.J. Reed were as good as the 85 Bears defensively. Uh, too much, too much from the Jets. What's your take with that first? Doug, uh, it's hard to like them. They never shut up. I mean, not only that. You watch Hard Knocks, which I have to admit I did because of the Rogers thing, and it was so rehearsed it was ridiculous. Okay, plus I, do I need to see Rogers talking about UFOs? Uh, I mean, on the on Hard Knocks. Last I mean, episode. The, the last yeah, episode. I mean, yeah. but but here's the thing: I love when Sally gets in there and says, "Hey, you made the team. You're one of us." What does one of us mean? The Jets are 11 and 23 under Sally. What does that mean? One of us. You know, the Jets act like. Wait a second. Erase our past. You know, we're a past championship team. We're a great team. You know, we're the Patriots. We're the Chiefs. Wait a second. You guys have been awful. You've been terrible. You have to prove first. Yes, you have an all-time quarterback. He's a legendary quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Yes, but the rest of the team has never won anything. They are 11-23 and under Sauer. Let's get real here. I mean, stop talking about defense about this about with this with that be quiet and now with that schedule they can't sneak up on anybody and everybody is out to get them this is not good i thought hard knocks was a huge mistake evidently they couldn't get out of it at least that's what i heard but you know what they have got to tone it down and if they get off to a bad start oh the world is going to pound them to death yeah, now they should be pretty good. They they have a good defense. Rodgers, Wilson's an excellent receiver. I didn't think they should have signed Cook, but they got a couple of running backs. I agree. I know th- uh, their offensive line isn't great, but, I mean, well, listen, let's be fair. They should win 10 games. Shouldn't they win 10 games, the Jets? Here's the problems, okay? <clears throat> I'll give them to you in order. Number one, everybody in the division has a really good defense. Number two, the division's really hard. There's no easy teams. The Pats are always a handful. Miami is good. Buffalo's really good. And the Jets are good. And their defense is really good. Very few weaknesses. Have a lot of pass rushes. Very good defense. I like it a lot. Here's the things that really scare me about the Jets. One, coaching. Sal has proven nothing. Okay? And I am not a Hackett fan. 
The only thing I would say is keep him away from the offense. Let Rogers call the plays. Right, please. Number two, okay, the offensive line, the tackles are really scary. You know, there's going Rogers will get rid of the ball quickly and accurately on first and second down. There's going to come too many third and tens, third and twelves for this team, where they got to prove they can protect an older great quarterback i worry about the offensive line really throwing a big monkey wrench into this entire season add to that a very tough early schedule and i think they have to get off to a fast start i really think it's imperative that they get off to a good start and i think that schedule is very tough now with all that said i think they will be a winning team i think you're right they will win double digits if they don't it will be Really an awful performance by the Jets. They have the ability to be that good. I just hope the offensive line doesn't derail this whole thing. And the, and the schedule is brutal. Uh, there's brutal. No that was and first the, eight, and nine games. the division's games. good. The division's, the division's good. good. Miami's division's... good. Buffalo's really good. And, and New England's got a good defense. I don't know what their offense is. And last year that team looked anything, never looked like a Belichick team. They weren't good on special teams, which is unheard of for a Belichick team. And they were terrible on offense. Their defense, though, was good. Their defense is always good. And their defense will be good again. They're not a pushover by any stretch. I think it's a very hard division. And and they always beat the Jets. Let's not forget that, too. Now, listen, uh, they should be better. uh, But we're going to – if the Giants are going to be better, beat Dallas on Sunday night. Do me a favor. They never beat Dallas. If, if not this year, when? I mean, they, I know the Cowboys, everybody loves them. Sims was just on, says the Cowboys are loaded everywhere you look. But they the are. Giants with Waller, I mean, they got Barkley, who's healthy. Jones had a good year last year. They have a pretty good defense. I, I think the Giants, seven and a half, I would go over. But if the Giants are going to be really a team that I'm going to consider as a solid, take them seriously team, beat the Cowboys on Sunday night at home. What's your take with that? Let me hear. Dog, I think the Giants are going to be better. They're building something. They, are, they have a very good front office. They have, I think, the guy who could be, if I put Andy Reid and Belichick aside, I think Dable could be the best coach in the league for the next 10 years. Uh, I think he was superb last year, and I think his defensive coordinator should have got an award for what he did last year. They stole five games last year. Absolutely stole them. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, they won games that they were down big at half. They won games they had no right winning. You can line them up, all the games they won. I think that's going to be very hard to duplicate. I think that uh, the head coaches game plans wonderfully. They, I think Waller's going to make a big difference. I think he's going to catch 90 balls if he's healthy. I think they're better, and I think they're going to grow up on the offensive line this year. But I think... The division is very hard, and I think Philly and Dallas are the two best teams in a very weak NFC. Philly and Dallas are the two best teams in the NFC. I think they're one, two, and I think having it in the division, I think the Giants are playing for third place. Uh, Do you think that Dallas is better than San Francisco? Yes. I think San Francisco has had losses. I worry about the offensive line other than Trent Williams. And I think you're relying on a quarterback with no one behind him who has been hurt and who last year threw a lot of passes up the grabs that didn't get picked off. Listen, their running game is great. They have a lot of players on that team. I think San Francisco's three, but I think Dallas filled holes. 
I think they're really good. And I think the Eagles, despite losing both coordinators, I think the Eagles are going to have another very, very big year. I think Dallas, I would rank it Philly 1, Dallas 2, San Francisco 3 in the NFC. And the NFC is so weak. There are teams in the AFC that won't make the playoffs that would have coasted to the playoffs in the NFC. No question about it. There's only three good teams. Uh, I completely agree. And, you know, the thing is, if you are a team in a good, a good team that gets a break that you're either in the AFC South or you play the NFC South, like Jacksonville. Jacksonville yep. is a pretty good team, and they have six games in the AFC South, and they also play the NFC South. So that is 10 games that yep. they will be favored in. How is Jacksonville not going to win 10, 11 games? I don't understand. If, if, well, if, how are they not going to win 10, 11 games? I love their quarterback, always have. I think he's on the verge of superstardom. Uh, but I think the team is a little overrated. I think they got lucky a little bit last year, but then they played well in the playoffs. You're right. Their schedule. Listen, if you're in those divisions, I think, like, I think they're, that division and obviously what's going on with teams like Atlanta. Atlanta could win that division this year. I mean, they might be the best team in that division this year. Um, the bottom line is the NFC is woefully, woefully weak, and the AFC is so loaded. I mean, you know, uh, Pittsburgh is a solid team. They might not make the playoffs. Cleveland is a good team. They might not make the playoffs. Uh, Miami's a good team. They might not make the playoffs. I mean, these teams are in really tough, tough divisions in a very tough conference. A hundred percent. We'll do. We'll play the over/under game in a minute. Uh, I started the show today by saying this. I think there are six teams right now that can win a suit. That that I would not be surprised if they won a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't put Dallas there because I don't like Prescott, McCarthy, Philly, San Francisco, and of course Kansas City, Buffalo. Cincinnati, and I put the Jets there because of Rodgers. Those are the six that I think could win it. You want to add somebody or take somebody out? Let me hear. Philly, you think, can win it. Dallas, you think, can win it, right? No, I don't think. I said San Francisco, not Dallas, because I don't like Prescott. I don't like Prescott. Okay. And in the AFC, you think Kansas City can win it. Buffalo can win it. You think Cincinnati can win it, and you think the Jets can win it. Right. Do you want to take one out or do you want to add one in? Let me hear. Go ahead. Um, I, no, I think, I think I would add Dallas right now. I think Dallas can win it, but I don't think they will. Uh, I've never been a big Prescott guy uh, to begin with, but I think they're a very solid team and a very good defense. Um, I think, last year I picked Kansas City over San Francisco. This year, I'm not going back on the Chiefs this year. Okay, it's not even starting well. Jones is holding out. That's a huge loss. Kelsey's getting older and he's already hurt. I think it's too much to ask again. I think Andy showed everybody, and I've defended him for years. I think he's now going to just, you know, coast as one of the all-time greats. I think he's done that with the two uh, championships. Um, I like Cincinnati. I can understand Buffalo. I think Cincy, by playoff time, will be the best team in the AFC. And I think it's going to be Cincy Philly in the Super Bowl. Wow. All right. Something different. You, can you see the Ravens getting to a Super Bowl? No. No, I don't. Can't see that. Can you see no. the Chargers? Can you see the Chargers getting to a no. Super Bowl? No. Cannot. Can't see that. All right. Can, um, I can see Buffalo. Yeah, I can see Buffalo. 
I could see. Okay, abs- I can see Kansas City again. Obviously, I can see Dallas, Philly. I can even see San Francisco on the outside. But I think everything's going to have to break right. They've had a lot of injuries the last couple of years, and I think they could again this year. Um, could you see Miami? So. Could you see Miami in a Super Bowl? No, no. I think they're a okay. cut below. I think if the Jets are going well, Rodgers could lift them there, especially with their skill people. But I think the coaching in the offensive line will make it where they'll make the playoffs, win 10 games, make the playoffs, and get beat in the playoffs. All right. Uh, I think they could do a little better than that. I do think they'll be in the playoffs. So before we do a break, it, what do you think? You know, I know the Jet fans nuts, and you know, and, you know they, they don't they, they change their expectations as the season goes along. If you were a huge Jet fan, if you were Joe Benigno, and I told you that you'll make the playoffs and win a game and play in a divisional round and lose, would you take that? I would this year because I think Rodgers will be there for two to three years. So you would. And then, you, and then I would try to rebuild that offensive line because I think that's going to be the problem. Now, I, I, now, if you're a Giant fan and I told you that basically you would do the same thing you did last year, 9 and 8th, maybe you squeeze out a 10th win and win a playoff game and get blown out by one of the good teams in a divisional round, would you take that? I'd sign for it right now. I think the Giants have to realize they're one more good building year away. Okay. Uh, I generally agree with both. We'll take a timeout, and Mike and I will have some fun with the over-unders. We'll flip a coin, first pick, second pick, third pick. We'll take um, – you can't take the same teams. Uh, we'll take um, – what do we usually do? How many do we do? We do five apiece. We'll do five apiece. Mike, you got a choice. You want the first I'll or you want two, two and three? I'll take two and three. I'll All right, three. I'll take the first. I will take Seattle over – whether it's nine or nine and a half, I'll still take the over with Seattle. They get Arizona and the Rams. That's four games. Um, you know, they have they brought the Ohio State receiver in. They got Lockett and they got Metcalf. Geno had a good year last year. They always play hard for Pete, for Carroll. They run the ball effectively enough. Uh, they were a playoff team last year. I think they'll be a playoff team again because of getting Arizona and the Rams twice, which is four games. Um, I think they go somewhere. Be- I think they go 10 and 7. And they could even beat San Francisco. Francisco, they could go 5-1 and one in the division. So I, I, that's halfway home if you take them as the over. So I'll take Seattle, Mike, as an over at 9.5 is pick number one. Okay, I'll take Atlanta over 8.5. I just think the division's awful. I think they have a terrific offensive line. I think uh, they have really some very, very good skill position people. Uh, they played a lot of close games last year. Uh, that they lost in the last seconds. And I think uh, they could be a surprise team. I actually think they'll make the playoffs this year. Um, so I like Atlanta over eight and a half. That'd be number one. Number two is going to be one that surprised you. I'm going to take Houston plus six and a half. And the reason why is, again, the division's awful. Number two, number one. Number two, I think they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league. They really were unbelievably good the second half of last year. They have one of the better running backs in the league is underrated in Pierce. And I think they're going to start a rookie quarterback, which usually would think you would think four wins, five wins with a rookie quarterback. But the bottom line is they're going to ask him to do very little because they're going to play defense, field position, and run the ball. I think they're going to surprise people. Uh, I'll take them plus six and a half. 
That's an interesting one, Mike. Uh, I would not have thought of that. That's a good call there with uh, with Houston. I mean, I could see that uh, with uh, with the Texans because he's a good defensive coach, Ryan. I'm taking the aforementioned Jacksonville. I think that's the, to me. This is listen. Uh, I know you can sometimes you know go crazy with these trendy teams, but they added Ridley uh, and Colin Russo loves Jacksonville, so I get a rundown on them every <laughs> single day. That's got something to do with it too. But I love their schedule because we discussed earlier about their schedule here's another thing about their schedule you know they do play the first place schedule schedule but cincinnati kansas city baltimore and san francisco all play at jacksonville and they play buffalo on the road but they play them in london and they're going to london for two weeks and they play buffalo in the second week and it's buffalo's home game so I think the schedule breaks out for them very well. They play the Colts twice in the first five weeks. Uh, you know, I don't know how they don't go five and one minimum in the division. And then, as Mike said earlier, they play the NFC South. Lawrence is good. Ridley's there. Peterson's a good coach. A little experience. Uh, I'm shocked it's not a 10. Jacksonville, nine and a half, is pick number two. Okay. I like Minnesota under. Uh, the number's nine, and I think they could really have a very tough year. Uh, they lost a ton of talent. They really did. They won more. They actually last year set a record for winning one-score games and actually had a great record and a scoring differential that was in the negative. Uh, they were so fortunate last year, and teams like that usually crash and burn the next year. I think this year is going to be a very tough year for them. I know everyone loves the Lions. Uh, and they could be right about the Lions, although I worry about the Lion defense. I think Minnesota uh, will be under nine, and they, I think they might surprise and have a really bad year. Yeah, I think that's an excellent pick. I think they were 11-0 and in one-score games. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a, I think you hit it right on the head. I think that is an excellent, excellent pick. I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, what are they, nine and a half, something along those yeah, lines? I'm going yeah. to take the Saints. Listen, you know, last year they had wins. A lot of people win- like the Saints. A lot of yeah, people. A lot of- now, I took him last year and lost, so I, I like to shy with, with the real money. So I, I kind of like to shy away a little bit. But I think the Saints with Carr, he's got to be better. Thomas, Olive from Ohio State. Now, they're not going to have Kamara for a little while as he got suspended with that Vegas fight. But, you know, listen, he's a pretty good defensive coach. They got a decent defense. And their schedule is a joke. I mean, you think, I mean, they play in the NFC South, the AFC South. And they South, have a quarterback. And, they and their quarterback's decent. So, uh, to me, yeah. they should win. Now, Mike's right. Atlanta could be better. And both of these teams aren't going to win 10. So, we, one of us will probably get it wrong. I'll I take Sa- I'll take Saints over nine and a half. I think one of the other. I think right. their games against each other could decide that. They, they really could. You know, I wish they were in a different division, but I decided early that I was taking this team, and it's Pittsburgh. Uh, I I think they're going to be very much improved. They were, you know, they're always in every game. We know that. We know how they play. They're always competitive. And I think, although what scares me is the division, otherwise it would be a no-brainer, but uh, they're either nine or nine and a half. You can look it up. I'm not sure which one they are, but I like them as an over Pittsburgh. I think they're going to have a better year than people think. And I yeah, think never- they could be a play. They would be a playoff team in the NFC. They might not make it, but I could see them winning ten games and not making the playoffs. Uh, I, I I agree, and I'll stick with that same division too. I'm going to take the Ravens over nine and a half. They okay. have a they have a very easy schedule because they play both Souths. 
He's got his money. I'm not a huge Jackson fan, but he got his money. I hear the kid from BC they love. Harbaugh's a good coach. And here's something else I like about the Ravens. The Ravens play the Bengals, the Browns, and Pittsburgh all on the road like the first six weeks of the season. So they get those three tough AFC North Road games out of the way. I'll give you the exact date. And then they play all three of those teams back in their place, you know, in the second half of the year, which to me is a huge advantage. You can lose a game early. It's not a big deal. They play at Cincinnati in week two, at Cleveland in week four, and at Pittsburgh in week five. They are done on the road in the NFC North on October 8th. That to me is, and then if you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, my God, I mean, their schedule is, is I mean, think about it. They play, they play the Rams, they play Arizona, they play Houston, they play the Colts, they play Tennessee. I mean, I, I think it's a no, I think they're going to be good. Make a long story short, he's going to win 11 games. I think the Ravens over nine and a half, Mike, is pick number four. Go ahead. And my last one is is Dallas. They're ten and a half, and I like them as an over. I think that they uh, they and Philly will both win somewhere around twelve games. I think they'll both be one and they'll be the two top uh, records in the NFC. San Francisco is the only team that could battle them. I think they're way ahead of everybody in the NFC. They're way ahead of the Giants and Washington. Uh, I think. I don't like Dallas in the playoffs. I think they'll go in the playoffs and crash and burn, but I think they will be a very, very good regular season team. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they eke out Philly for the division and then don't win in the playoffs. Um, I will like Philly more in the playoffs, the way they're built, the quarterback. um, But I think Dallas is going to have a very big regular season. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I don't like Prescott and McCarthy in the postseason. Now, this one's going to surprise you, and it's probably going to be one that I do because I love to tweak the Eagle fans. I'm going to take under Philly at 11 and a half. Now, okay. now 11 and a half. They not, hey, tw- listen, it's 11 and a half. That's not a bad pick. I mean, and they don't have both coordinators are out. And yeah. Mike knows. I'll read it to people so they know. Their schedule, the second half of the year, If you look at it, Mike, from October 15th at the Jets, Miami, at Washington, Dallas, at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle, and then the Giants twice. I mean, now, I mean, geez. And now they might be 5 0 to start, which would hurt me. I need a loss in the first five games. But, you know, and they probably will beat me on this, but I like to be anti them. I got to see Hurts do it again as well. I'll go Eagles. Under 11 and a half. Your thoughts on that, pick? Let me hear. I I don't think it's a crazy pick at all. Usually teams historically that play in the Super Bowl and lose do not do well the next year. I think they probably are the exception because the NFC, I can't tell you how bad the NFC is. It's really weak. There's only three class teams in the NFC. I'm not ready to put the Lions in that in any class yet. And and the bottom line is um, Dallas, Philly, San Francisco are all way above the rest of the NFC. And I think Philly and Dallas are ahead of everybody. And I could see Dallas having the best record. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise me if they went, you know, 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think Philly is going to be very good by the end of the season. You mentioned late in the year. They have a brutal schedule. So does Buffalo, as an example. <clears throat> I wonder, tell me, you didn't pick Buffalo. I didn't pick Buffalo. 
what do you think of the Bills this year? Yeah, I, I agree, Mike. Uh, Buffalo, um, uh, the thing I do like about them, I do think they, you know, everybody's got them basically being, you know, finished. Allen's turnovers. Diggs is on the backside of his career. No Leslie Frazier. Bad finish. I think that will help them. I think them being a little under the radar. I think people thinking that they're going to have, you know, 10 and 7, that the Chiefs and Bengals have passed them. I think that might help them a little bit. So I think Buffalo might be pretty good. I agree. And I'll tell you this. People close to him. Now, maybe they're making excuses for him, but everyone close to Allen is telling everybody that he played with a really nasty injury last year and didn't complain. And maybe he did. I think he missed stable more than anything else, but maybe he did play with an injury. I don't know. But their defense is very good if they stay healthy, really good. And they are still clearly, I mean, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Those are really class teams. They really are. 100%. Mike, great job today. Really enjoyed it. We are, I know Jack wins his first game in Hamilton, by the way, as a tight end. Let me hear. 16th. 16th. Now, he's only a freshman, so I don't know how much he'll play. But 16th uh, is the first game, so we're looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Timmy Russo and his basketball career at Northern Arizona this year. Now, the Lumberjacks, are you going to go to every Jack game? No, I don't know about every game, but I'll go to a lot of them. I'm going to the first one on the 16th. I'll get to as many as I can. You take care. Mr. Francesa, great time with us. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.